And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And we're going to do so today by conducting an interview. Now, I've, I've got a slew of people that I really want to bring onto the show, but I think it's important that we choose the right person. I think we need to really take a look at these individual skill sets that everybody has, and we need to pull the right person out of the group so that you have the ability to learn things that you've never learned before. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this show is to bring you information that nobody else brings you and to bring to light the concept that real estate investing is, is not just something you do as a side hobby. It's something you actually do in conjunction with what you're doing right now. And when you do it correctly, you achieve something called financial freedom. So I think whoever we choose today to be our guest, we need to make sure they have that component as a part of their backstory. Don't you? All right. Now I'm looking at all these resumes here. Let's see this one. Oh, this is a good one. I think this one No, Well, you know, let me, turn to this one here. This is a, this is an interesting resume. This one's catching my eye. As a matter of fact, I think the skill sets that this person brings to the table are exactly what we're looking for. You know, what you want to know what the skill sets are. Okay. Here they are. Ready? Ability to vacation. Here's another one. Can consume fine wines. Oh, here's the last one. Credited real estate investor. Yep, I think we found the right guy. As a matter of fact, I know that we found the right guy because when I became a member of Lifestyles Unlimited back in 2017, this gentleman that I'm going to bring onto the show in just a moment was one of the first guys that I met. And, and I was captivated by who he was. This guy came from a completely different world than I came from. Now, I... I materialized out of the United States military, and I was working in municipal government when Lifestyles Unlimited found me. This guy was working in oil and gas, and not just any oil and gas, one of those major oil and gas companies that currently has, I don't know, something like 93,000 employees. And he wasn't the guy out there drilling for oil. He was out there in charge of components of the market. So this guy was essentially an executive. So he had a completely different lifestyle than I had. But ironically, we both had the same fundamental problem. We both realized that what we were doing for retirement, it, it wasn't working and something needed to change. And ironically, both of us agree on this one same concept that we wish we had found Lifestyles Unlimited a long, long time ago, because the results that we would have today would even be far more magnificent than they are currently for us. So with no further ado, let me do this. Let me bring Greg onto the show. Greg, how are you doing today? And welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. It's always a great day to be a retired real estate investor with plenty of passive income. Don't forget the, the, the drink and wine part. I think that's very important. Well, it's a little early for that. It's only 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, so we'll, we'll save that till after 5. Okay, fair enough. You know it is 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not, not trying to get you in trouble. I'm not trying to cause you to do something that you don't want to do. Well, hey, I'm I just... just got back from almost two weeks in Carmel, Napa, and Half Moon Bay, so I, I think I... I think I consumed plenty of wine. Oh, you definitely were in a good part of the country to drink some wine. Yeah. So, so what were you doing out in California? 
Well, I went out to the for first for a couple of days at the Napa Food and Wine Festival, and then uh, I had bought a pass through Marriott, so I went to a lot of great dinners and concerts. My wife got to meet Matteo Botticelli, Andrew Botticelli's son, and you know some other concert pianists and stuff. And then we we went to the wine tastings there, and then we had dinner at uh, Camarillo de, de, Castillo d'Amoroso, which is a a beautiful winery, Italian winery in Napa, where the guy literally bought a whole castle brick by brick and had it rebuilt in outside of Napa. I, I mean, I'm not talking about a small one either. And then the next night we had dinner at the Hall Winery. We went to concerts at Charles Krug. And then the last day we went to a concert at Bouchane Winery and then had brunch there. And then they brought in their falconer with a hawk, a falcon, and a and a uh, owl. And then we went down to Carmel and it was the, t- the warmest temperature was 62 degrees, and I made a fire in the real world burning fireplace in our suite every night. And then we spent the last two nights at uh, Half Moon Bay, Ritz-Carlton. So whose permission do you have to get in order to take all that time off, Greg? Nobody. I'm not even a lead anymore. I've sold both of my lead deals a little over a year ago, and so I'm just passive in a bunch of deals and have a handful of houses. My houses in Georgia, my partner runs all them anyway. So, so you're really just living a retired lifestyle, doing what you want, when you want to do it. You, you involve your family as they want to be involved. And beyond that, your, your life is completely different from a life that you used to have in that oil and gas world. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I work a lot less hard and make a lot more money. I know that one of your passions is that you like the concept of helping other people. Am I close to being right? Yeah, I mean, I I think, but also it usually in some form or fashion turns around and comes back and also helps yourself. I'd agree with that. Maybe not in a direct line of sight, but, you know, things just have a way of coming around. There's There's a passive that I helped on a lot of stuff, and a lot of people thought I was nuts. But then one day she sent me a deal that told me how terrible it was. And I read that deal, and I called up the guy that was doing it, and I didn't know about this deal. And I said, hey, I want to invest 100000 and got in the deal, and then I hung up the phone and called her back and said, hey, you might want to make that investment because you read this all wrong, and I would have missed it otherwise. Okay, so so you helped her out. She wound up helping you out. Did she get into that deal? Yep. And what, what was the return? What, what did that deal do for you guys? Well, I mean, the, the guy bought it right as COVID hit and everything else for about an 85% profit in three years and two months. Plus got wow. Wow. Okay, 85%. Let me let me break that down for the audience. So if if I had put $100,000 into that deal, I would have received $182,000-ish back at the, the yep. point where you transacted that property, correct? Right yep. at that three-year, two-month mark? And I that, have that, all but the last 3500 of that because, you know, they're wrapping up the books and everything. It's sold in April and cleaning up everything, you know. So I have about 170 some odd thousand of that back already. You know, that's, that's almost like a 30% internal rate of return, isn't it? Plus sitting on your butt doing nothing. Oh, I forgot the good part. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot that part. Yeah, yeah, because you, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to lift a leg. You didn't have to go collect any rent. You didn't have to pick up any pet debris. You didn't have to do any of that stuff, yet you, you made almost a 30% internal rate of return. Right. Not many places you can do that. No, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you 100%. But you can do it in real estate, and, and this isn't the only deal where you've made a 30% rate of return. Am I, am I onto something here? No, I mean, I have my, the passives in my first lead deal made a 445% profit. The passives in my second deal made 151% profit, plus got their money back. 
over and over what time period were those? Bob DeLong, his first two deals, I've exited as a passive with 363% profit and 317% profit. Now, now, how long were you taking to get those rates of return? That that sounds like, you know, conventional wisdom would say that must have been like a 20-year investment. Was it a 20-year uh, investment? The first one was 33 months, plus I bought him out, and that's how I gave my passives 151%. So I made I double-dipped that deal. And then the, the other deal was about five and a quarter years. That's that's still pretty and phenomenal. it wasn't all back-loaded because I had, re, had a refinance in both of those deals, so I got a chunk of that profit, you know, as we were going. So it wasn't all at the very end, you get nothing, and then, no, we got money all along the way, and then another big chunk at the end. Now, if, if I'm correct, I, I know you're invested in, like, well over 30, probably over 40 different real estate communities, some of those that you've already transacted and you you're no longer have those investments. But what is your historical rate of return? What, what kind of profits are you really seeing over that time? So period? my first... 17 deals that have gone full cycle, okay? Uh, and only counting the – so two of them are my lead deals. So if I pull out, forget about my lead fees and all that, just if I was a passive in those deals, those deals would have delivered 28.6% internal non-time-weighted internal rate of return on an annual basis. And that includes the only two deals I've ever lost money on. So when you say internal rate of return, what exactly does that define? Well, I just calculated is all in, all out. So all in, you exit, subtract what you put in, you take that money, you divide it by the number of years you were in the deal. And that's, I mean, so it's a very simplistic internal rate of return. It's not time-weighted. Okay. But, you, but you're but looking at all the different... And it's easy to calculate. You're looking at all those different ways we make money in real estate. You're looking at the cash flow component. You're looking at all the different equities. Right. You're looking at the, the fact that we're able to use depreciation, offset taxation, and things like that. That all factors in? Well, the, I don't, I don't, this is ex-taxes. So I'm ta- oh, tax- without it, taxes. I put, a, I put 200 grand in a deal. I took out, you know, 400 and some odd thousand, subtract the 200, divide the the cash distributions and the sale profits divided by the number of years, you know, down to, you know, I do it down to about a 10th of a year and Hey, that's your, that's your simple rate of internal rate of return. So I don't taxes. I don't get involved in because I mean, I'm, you know, people use different strategies to manage depreciation and, and Hey, I'm not one of these people that's concerned about taxes, to be honest with you. Capital gains tax is the greatest tax in the world. If you're going to pay taxes. Okay. I, I, it's I'd agree. Cheapest. I mean, the first 80-some-odd thousand is zero. The next 400-some-odd thousand is 15, and it caps at 20. I'm not going to stress about that. I'm, I'm guessing when you were working in oil and gas, your tax bracket was way higher than it is today. It was much higher. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, you, do you recall and what you your— you pay half the Social Security, too, on top of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you couldn't write off, I mean— the great thing about being a real estate investor, when you're active in a professional real estate investor, you know, you can write off a lot of things legitimately. And, you know, we don't calculate that into the equation, but it's pretty helpful because, you know, you're going to have a lot of those expenses anyway. So can I ask you a personal question in front of millions sure. of people? Do you recall what your effective tax rate is. So when, you're, when your accountant did all your taxes for you for last year and they put that cover sheet on there and you, they usually say your effective rate of tax is X percent, do you recall what that number is? It's well below 20. What did it used to be back when you were 
working for a living? Uh, high 30s. High 30s. Oh, so oh. so there, there's a direct correlation between your income going up, your effective tax rate going down, based on the fact you left oil and gas to pursue a, a non-career in real estate investing? Well, I mean, I, I didn't do it right away. So I retired, you know, back in 2007. And then I did some high-dollar M&A work, which was really taxed because I was doing most of the work in California. So California wanted their cut, even though I lived in Texas. So I had a federal tax and a state tax component. Lucky so, you. But, but yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is that when I got into business, you know, because I was aggressively buying for the first number of years, I had, you know, a lot of, you know, depreciation sitting on my balance sheet on my tax return. So I didn't pay much federal income tax for the first seven, eight years I was, you know, a real estate investor. Now, the last two, I've paid a lot of tax, but still percentage-wise is cheap. So I was able to reload a lot of that money, and I was able to take a big chunk of my IRA and convert it to a Roth to create a longer-term tax benefit. And when I did that, people go, why would you do that? I said, well, individual income tax rates are higher than capital gains rates. So I was able to you know, use that depreciation to convert, since I'm a professional real estate investor, to a lot of that IRA into a you know, tax-free vehicle going forward. Man, Greg, you just, you just hurt my brain, and I'm loving it. I'll tell you what, folks, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into some of these strategies that, that Greg is into, because it may change your life, too. We'll be back right after this. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Need more unconventional wisdom that'll set you free? Subscribe to Lifestyles Unlimited on YouTube and binge content that will actually help you get where you want to go in life from people who are already there. With over 50,000 members and 32 years of proven success, there's so much more we want to share with you than what we have time for on the radio. On YouTube, we go beyond our shows and feature our best content from podcasts, interviews, expo, master's tour, fireside chats, special events, and more. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon. I'm joined by Greg, and together we're working on your financial freedom. So, Greg, what's better, working long hours in oil and gas or spending long hours on vacation as a real estate investor? Vacation's always better. Vacation's better. Okay, so we've we've established that vacations are better than working, but I also am aware that you're thinking about becoming a lead investor again. What's what's going on with that? Well, first I have to convince my wife again because she likes you know not not only you know not actively running anything, but also it's the setup. I mean, one of the ways I've made a lot of money in life is you know I, I invest heavily when setups are heavily in my favor. So when I joined Lifestyles, there was a point in time I had 75% of my investable wealth in multifamily. Today, it's 45. I've always maintained about 10% in single family because to me, that's the safest thing on the face of the planet. Uh, 
But, you know, I think I was pretty accurate in predicting that life, that multifamily values were going to come off a little over, you know, a year and a half ago. And they haven't come off as much as I would have expected. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a massive falling off a cliff. But if, you know, they come in a little bit more and I can deliver a certain level of cash on cash return to investors, it might be worth the time to drop the hammer again. Now, I've, I've invested in, you know, this year is kind of light. I've invested, you know, a bunch of money in one deal earlier this year. And we're about, I'm making another large passive investment in about 45 days. So, uh, you know, but being passive, you're not doing any of the work. So, you know, while I'm disciplined on it, it's a totally different criteria as when I'm going to be a lead investor, if, if I'm going to be a lead investor. What specific criteria are you looking for that's going to cause you to, to act? Uh, I, I think I would only buy a 75 to 200 unit B-class asset that I could own for a really long period of time and deliver at least 65 to 7% cash on cash returns to passive investors. Now, remember, I got into business when you made 10 to 12% cash on cash returns with no interest only, Okay. And so when I got in, it was really to generate current income. And then, like everybody else, I caught, caught up in, you know, declining cap rates and rising values and quick refis and everything else. Uh, you know, we got down to where people are only going to make 4 or 5% cash on cash. And so I think going forward, cash on cash has got to come up a little bit because, you know, for a lot of that period of time, cash was trash. The bank paid you nothing. Well, now you can make 5% on a CD or a T-bill. So I'm not sure investors are going to just jump at the opportunity to make a 5% return. And so I think pricing will come in a little bit more. Investors will get a little bit higher cash on cash returns, you know, and it will be, a, you know, it will be more attractive for me personally to invest more money in the business. So I went from 75 down to 45. I could be back up to 60, you know, in a year. It just, it just depends. Because I'm, what I'm focused on a little different than most investors is, I want high risk adjusted returns. And that's why I still own my houses. I mean, a lot of people would look at my net worth and say, well, why do you own like 10 or 12 houses? Well, I've pulled out close to 200% out of most of those houses. I've made money every month. Nobody's moving out. I have theoretically an infinite rate of return on those houses. And I still now have a lot of equity in them again. So three or four years from now, if interest rates are low, why well, sell them? I just do another refinance and suck out a ton of ton of cash and keep owning them. I'm old and lazy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm working on being old and lazy, so I, I need you for mentorship. Well, it's like one of my mentors once told me when I was really young, and I didn't understand it at the time. He was a very successful guy, and he made a lot of money owning businesses, but he made also a lot of money in commercial real estate. And he told me, he said, you got to understand something, Greg. I'm always willing to make the next million dollars as long as I personally don't do much of the work. Amen to that. And that's one advantage I think you really have in lifestyles is, you know, you could have a really good job right now and you could passively invest in real estate. And the amount of time that you spent educating yourself on doing that, you would get a phenomenal rate of return. Do you think that there are owners of real estate out there? And I'm talking to the multifamily space that maybe bought a couple of years ago that bought on the wrong strategy and they're about ready to get hurt. Do you think that's going on in the marketplace right now? They're already getting hurt. It's just going to be more of them that are going to be hurt soon. And, 
you know, and if you think about it, Dell was pretty blunt about this years ago, telling people this was a very high risk thing and you shouldn't be doing it. Okay. And so, and I think that's one of the things that I do appreciate about lifestyles. I mean, I remember for years and years, Dell saying, bye, 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 bye. And it was a good time to buy, even though sometimes we didn't think it was, it ended up being a good time. But if you listen to his message at Expo this year, be careful. Hey, we're still doing stuff. We're not doing as much. We're much more careful. And, but, you know, he had been telling people, don't, I looked at the variable rate loans from a different perspective. I was like, you're buying property to make 4% return with cheap interest rates and flat yield curves. This is a prescription to get annihilated. I mean, now, if they were going to make 12%, I might have thrown a little bit of money at it. But for four or five, it was a fool's bet. I mean, and, and so I always say I, don't, I know a reasonable amount about multifamily, but I know a hell of a lot about money and risk. And I think that's what my edge is in this business. That's why we love having you around, man, because you always bring a, a slightly different approach to the conversation because you're, you're a well-versed man. I mean, you're knowledgeable about a lot of different things that are financial in nature. And, and at the end of the day, it's always good for a guy like me to hear information from a guy like you because I don't have all the answers. As much as I like to convince my wife that I do, I just don't. <laughs> Well, it's always hard to convince any your wife or my wife that we actually know what we're doing. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so I mean, when I first joined Lifestyles, my wife thought it was terrible, but now she loves it and is not. I told her the other day, hey, you might want to look at this webinar. We're putting a lot of money in this deal. And she goes, I don't get involved in that. Just make money. You know, your your wife and my wife are cut from the same cloth. You know, they they were skeptical about what we did, but then they saw us go through a cycle of real estate and they saw the checks come in, right? And all of a sudden now yep. they're believers, huh? Yep. It's like, hey, I don't need to know all the details. Just keep the cash flowing. Just don't screw it up, right? Yep. <laughs> or, or the best one, Del once said, he, he asked his wife, if I lost all my money, would you still love me when we were in Hawaii? And she goes, yes, but I'd miss you. My life, I miss that's you. That's my motto, too. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about goal setting and whether or not you think it's important. It's critical. So I, I've, I have models where I plot my cash flow for every month and every quarter. What's going to sell? What are we going to buy? What are we potentially going to invest in? And I invest in a lot of different assets. So I'm not just a real estate investor, but the but my highest weighting is in real estate because I perceive it to be the safest and most rateable. I've done really well in the stock market. Like this year, if you'd have told me I'd make what I made, I wouldn't have believed it. But what's weird about it is the stuff that I was highly convicted to make money didn't, has done okay. And the stuff that I really wasn't that excited about has done well. I don't like a business like that. I feel like I can project better on real estate than almost any other asset class that I trade. And that's why it's the highest weighting in my portfolio. And multifamily is down from 75 to 45, but I think it could be at 60 or 65 in a year. Because I like the business, and I think we're not all the way through the problems, but I don't have to get in at the bottom. I just have to get in at a reasonable entry. And so, and I can still make money. I mean, everyone talks about how tough the business is right now, but my second quarter results were fantastic. So my deals are still paying. 
you know, I'm, I'm getting distributions. I'm getting some, oh, I had pretty gave me 12%, 13.5% on one deal annualized and 14% on the other. Now, that was my best ones right now. And my sales have been good, and we put six properties up for sale. But we don't have to sell them. We're making decent money. We'd like to roll up to a better asset. But, hey, they're all making good money, so if they don't sell, it's not a big deal. But, but I'm always planning on where is the money going to go. And then we're closing on a deal in 45 days, and I just upped my investment on that deal. Yeah. But, but I'm more nice. focused now on longer cycle assets. I want things to own for an extended period of time, not quick in and out stuff. I'm, I'm looking for something I can make decent cash flow on, and then whenever the timing's right, crush it with a big refi, and then just keep on making money. And then maybe years down the road, refi it again. So as I get older, I think I look at the business differently than when I was, you know, just getting in. I know the model works, but I look at my houses. I've never sold them. I have no interest in selling them. They just keep making money. So I'm kind of looking to apply some of that strategy towards more of my multifamily stuff going forward. I won't, I mean, I'll still do the other stuff, but, but I'm interested in more long cycle, durable, higher quality apartment complexes. So the, the, but that's just me. That doesn't mean that's right for everybody. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. Your strategy has migrated over your time as a member. I mean, you've been a member for over 10 years, so the strategy that you have in place right now is not the same strategy you started with because all of your conditions have changed, have they not? Yeah, I mean, I'm worth a lot more money. I'm older. And, you know, I always say I project forward, measure backwards, but my real strength as an investor is when I'm wrong, I recognize it and take corrective action. I'm I'm not dogmatic. Like, I might have thought something was going to work out a certain way, and it didn't. Okay, well, don't just sit there and say, well, we're going to stick with the strategy. The only strategy I stick with is I still like real estate. I allocate. I look at different assets. And I always like single-family homes just because they're super safe. And the thing I love about my Georgia partnership is, I just like being passive whenever I can, and that's tough in single family. So for me, I'm always trying to figure out how to scale up a large-scale single-family network passively. That's always my dream. Talk to me about some of your long-term goals. What are, what are the things that you want to get done in the next five years? I mean, it sounds bad, but mainly just vacation and enjoy my life. I mean, I am working to lose a little bit of weight and get in a little bit better shape. I just built out a really expensive pool and jacuzzi with, you know, four waterfalls and three fire treatments and a huge cooking area. But it's really enjoying my life. And so, I mean, I guess I could make more money, but I'm really focused on enjoying my life. And the ability to have large streams of passive income really enables that. And so, I mean, it may sound bad, but I mean, that's, I figure I got to enjoy it. My middle nephew graduates from USC in December, and we're going to show him the business and say, hey, do you want to go to law school and become a lawyer and do all that and cost your dad a bunch of money? Or do you want to get in business with me and my money and connections and some of your dad's money? You can buy and sell your brother multiple times over in a handful of years. 
That sounds like a wealth-building strategy if I ever heard one, Greg. I'll tell you what, we're at the end of the show, Greg. I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you for imparting your wisdom with everybody here today. And if you want to do what Greg's doing, you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.